Welcome back to Brown Skin News, everybody. We are back with the second episode. Yes. We are your hosts, Nay and May. Uh, starting out, what we are going to talk about breaking news. I don't know if a lot of you got your Amber Alerts or got the just even seen it on Facebook and just around um, about Briasia Terrell and how she's missing. Uh, basically, just to give a background about what the Amber Alert was, Briasia Terrell is a 10 year old girl. She went missing in Davenport, Iowa on July 10th of 2020, obviously. But there is some kind of there's kind of a speculation around it only because it was released the amber alert was released five days after she went missing exactly and normally you're supposed within the first 24 hours or after it's been 24 hours it shouldn't take five days for an amber alert to be sent out especially with a child missing and we've seen um over the years whenever um a child has gone missing they send that amber alert out within three days of that child missing and for her to finally get her Amber Alert after all this time, it feels like they were sitting on it, which shouldn't be done, especially when Amber Alerts are supposed to get information out fast. I mean, those are sent to basically everyone in a certain area, even nationally, if that's how it's working. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, whoever was a part of in charge of that didn't send that out when it needed to be. And now it's five, six days later and she's still missing people are an entire week entire week and she's still missing and people are still trying to find her and look for her um but uh just more information on when uh where she went missing and what she looks like and all that if you don't know uh she was last seen at an apartment complex on the 2700 block of east 53rd street in davenport iowa um that would be the east side of iowa and she was also wearing a white t-shirt, flip-flops, shorts. Uh, they say she's around four, five. She's 75 pounds and has black hair and brown eyes. And guys, she's a pretty little girl too. So we really need to find her, get her back to her mother. I know her mother is missing her terribly. And it, it's just, we, the black community, not even just the black community, but everyone, everyone needs to put in the effort to find her. Even if it's just sharing her photo or sharing information or, hey, I think, I know someone that lives in that area. Do you know if something happened? Just sharing that with them and just trying to get that information out. Um, they said the person of interest is a convicted sex offender and his home was being searched and was the last place that she was seen was near his house. And they're saying that that is her her stepbrother's father. That is the person of interest that they're using. Um, he, I believe he is the one depicted in her Amber Alert um, the gentleman beside her. Yes. Um, but uh, they're they really they haven't charged him with anything. They're just saying because he um, failed to let the uh, the whatever the sex offender registry know of his change of address and his contact with minors is what they're holding him on right now. Um, other than that, it's just they really haven't got a person of interest other than her stepbrother's father. Right. And it's really just them trying to find her. They have moved their search to um, including a local park called Credit Island near the Mississippi River. And and they're also focusing on parts um, in Clinton County. Just after getting more information about the investigation, they are um, moving their search there as well. 
Yep, and now right now a team that just update uh, a team of volunteers are searching the ditches along the road outside of Lowmore, Iowa. Um, I'm not sure where Lowmore is, but I'm I'm guessing just based on information I'm seeing, it's on in eastern Iowa as well, close to or in the uh, county of Clinton. Um, but other than that, Henry E. Dinkins is the stepbrother's father that they're holding, um, and he's listed in the Amber Alert as the abductor. So guys, just kind of with this, definitely share, definitely share it out to your social medias, talk about it. Just put yourself in the shoes of her mother and her family. They want their baby home. And that's it. And put yourself in, I mean, you can't, but put yourself, put yourself in her shoes. Like, she, you don't know what missing, she's going she's through scared. right now. You, you don't know who child. she could be with, um, where she could be at. And unfortunately, you know, sex trafficking is a thing and it's real and it's scary and people don't like to talk about it. It's such a taboo thing, but it needs to be talked about because our babies are going missing like this and eventually they're never going to be found or if they are found, they're usually found dead. And we don't want that, especially for such a young girl who still has so much life ahead of her and she's only 10 guys. She's a decade, a decade in this world and she hasn't even been into high school yet or even have her first job yet yes and we really just want to bring her home to her mother and to her family safe and sound or even just bring the closure to her family if that's what it happens to be so yes just use your resources and let's bring her home i will definitely be sharing her photo as well on instagram and our facebook we really want that um so at brown.skin.news and you can always share that as well um go look on the brown skin news um, excuse me, Brown Black Lives Matter Iowa page on Facebook. They also have her photo and a couple different um, articles about her and the different things uh, that people are saying and the information and tips that they have as well. Alrighty, guys. So for our second topic today, um, I wanted to bring up something. I mean, it did happen in 2018 when this article was put out with the Des Moines Register, um, but I feel like it's very relevant still to this day. Um, so a Des Moines church, Plymouth Church, if you know, is on 42nd and Ingersoll Avenue, um, right up the street from Roosevelt High School. Um, they put up a Black Lives Matter banner um, in 2018 on, on its exterior and kept the banner up for 10 days um, just to support and also to put an effort toward bringing attention to the systemic racism and the black community. Um, we really do appreciate that church. Uh, Plymouth Church has been there forever. I mean, all the people there I know are super duper nice. Um, but the reason we're bringing this story to light is because I feel like it's so relevant to what's happening, especially with our sergeant and all the riots that's happened in Des Moines um, previously due to George Floyd's death that we talked about on our first episode. Um, and it said that Sergeant Paul said that the banner should say all lives matter and that it would bring more unity in the community other than just saying black lives matter. And you know what? That's that response that, you know, some white people gave. I'm not going to say all white people because there are um, white people who are our allies in the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. Um, but there are some of those white people that say all lives matter um, just in response. And it's like saying, oh, when you say happy birthday to somebody, but then that person says back, oh, all birthdays matter. What? Like like, what? It doesn't make sense. We're trying to bring to light um, systemic racism police brutality just different things that are happening in the black community over and over and over it's been happening for years there's photos going around facebook showing 
60, 60 years ago, still to this day, just because Rosa Parks sat on a bus or Martin Luther King um, protested peacefully does not mean that was the only civil rights action that was happening. There were people who were fighting. We were being, um, dogs were being sicked on us. There was water hoses, water pressure that was so high it would blow a whole person back, and they were using that on us. And to say that all lives matter when something like, people are just black people dying in general just because a police officer pulled them over for maybe something as a simple speeding ticket and the whole situation escalated and it just seemed that our our um sheriff thinking of that he isn't good and definitely not how can you basically what black lives matter is we're just saying we matter too like listen to us hear us exactly us acknowledge us like know that we're here and we're going to stand and say something and another thing that sergeant paul parizic said is that our community is so diverse that you can't leave anyone out we're not leaving anyone out we are choosing to point out one specific group of people that are being targeted and you, you know he's trying to include the hispanic the latinos uh latin excuse me um as well as um, the Southeast Asians, we have a big community of those um, people as well. Right. And I, I see what he was trying to say, but that's not what we're trying to say. Those people already know. The Latinx know that we stand with them no matter what, and side they stand side. with us. And they know that Black Lives Matter isn't just to demean them or make it seem like they don't matter. They're try- we're trying to uplift the fact that Black Lives do matter because for so long they have not. And, you know, and that banner, it stood for something. And the response that it got, it got from somebody with so much power in our local, our local system decided to see it as a threat or something that doesn't unify. Like, exactly. didn't even acknowledge it, just kind of flipped it exactly. immediately. Just took it, took it left. <laughs> and and that's, not exa- that's not at all what the Black Lives Matter message is. Um, they realized... And, um, Mr. Abdul Samad, he's a, a very well-known activist as well, said they realize we have to stand together, but they also realize there are issues dealing with African-Americans in this country. And that's exactly what the Black Lives Matter message means. It's not exactly. to demonize nobody. It's not to belittle anyone. It's basically just to let you know that we are here too and we matter just as much as the white life might, might matter, the Asian life, the Latinx life, the Native American life matters as well. And you know what, though, that, that group of people, the, the minority of this country, even though basically we are the majority now, it, 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 it's so effective that they want us to break up they want us to not think as one whole unity of people they rather be like oh well you're saying black lives matter does that mean native american lives that don't matter to find a division exactly like Like, everything does not have to be about division everything does not need to be about oh we're trying to put down this group of people just because we're saying this and and that's what there is being skewed to be viewed like and that's and not at all what it is no so I mean, this is an old, a old article, but at the same time, it's still very powerful to this day because there are still people, um, saying all lives matter. There are still people saying the Black Lives Matter movement is not at all good. It's not trying to help anybody. It's not doing, um, the purpose that they everybody says that it's doing. But if you you have never, if you haven't lived a black person's life, you can never know what a black person has gone through. And not all black people have the same experience, but most black people 
feel know how to feel when other pe- black people experience something because of that fear and that racial um injustice that's happened to them even if it's their family member a friend or a loved one just however it might be mm-hmm. all right guys so for this sun- fun segment today it's not really a fun segment we're trying to do uh like a song review yes and the song i wanted to point out comes from our girl meggie megan the stallion uh, she put out a song called Girls in the Hood. Now, you know, Boys in the Hood originally came from NWA, had Easy e in it, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, you know, all them people. Um, but she did her own little remix on it, and it sounds so good. I Y'all, mean, I'd be bumping it in my car. I don't even know why. Like, <laughs> and you know what? She she did, I feel like she did that song so much justice. For real, when I heard the I'm a hot girl, yeah. I do hot shit. Like, yes! Yes! yes. You know, she she kind of <laughs> set that off. And you know, Megan is that girl. She made, you know, Hot Girl Summer. That was her thing. And she continues to make Hot Girl Summer her thing. And I'm I'm so glad we have an artist like her. I always call her New Modern Trina. Because she, she has that rap flow like her. It's not you know, trying to be fast, trying to be, you know, elegant, just punchlines. And it's, it's just so much, she just has so much energy, too. Exactly. So much genuine energy. Like, she's exactly. not faking this shit. Like, mm-hmm. she's for real she's with it. She's for like, real with it. And I, I just love her. She has, and ever since she's came out, she's brought so much to the table. And even Cardi B has acknowledged her and said, I'm waiting, I haven't put out new music because my girl Megan's out here. Y'all got Megan, calm down. I'll be back when it's my time. But we're just trying to let Megan do Megan right now. Yes. And I'm so glad to hear that. Megan's been out here doing it, you know, she's still in school doing her thing and she's still trying to put out music for her fan base and i just love her and appreciate her for that so if you want to go look it up it's megan the stallion m-e-g-a-n-t-h-e-e stallion okay um girls in the hood it came out this year 2020 it's a pink album she looks fly as fuck yes okay always serving looks always serving looks always got a new like yes yes. like Uh, the energy you guys megan is it and i love her for it and i hope she listens to her podcast one day and know that we love her back so you know and just go look it up and if you guys have any other songs for us to review always give us a dm about it or even an album. And we'll try to bring that to you guys as well. Alrighty, guys. And we're back for our third topic today. Um, I don't know if everyone has seen, but Simone Bile, um, she is on the cover of Vogue for their August edition. Um, and Black Twitter kind of smacked around the photographer a little bit. And also Vogue for what they allowed to happen to a beautiful and talented uh, gymnast like herself. Um, so for this August issue of Vogue, um, they decided to use a a famous photographer. She's done lots of, um, different types of photographs with different famous people. Her name is Annie. I believe her last name is pronounced Leibovitz. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know, but she know her name. Yeah, she know who she is. (laughs) Um, and basically the supporters and even industry experts, um, like the national fo- picture editor Morgan McCarthy from the New York Times, um, they were all upset because the lighting that they used, that she used for Simone Biles' photos, 
it wasn't great it did not do her any justice you guys it, if you it, we'll try to do a link on the on our page exactly for the pictures it, but you guys there's the, this one photo there's a gray background and they've got her just looking gray just you guys. dark gray no it's light, like, like no it was nothing it's not like it's not it's like she didn't even try and their vogue has captured plenty of beautiful black women in the years that they've been um going like Michelle Obama, like Lupita, like you know, just Cardi B, even um, Nicki Minaj yeah. and uh, Viola Davis. They've had so many dark-skinned women, even light-skinned women, um, and they portrayed them beautifully. And their their beautiful dark black brown skin popped so well yes. on that cover. But for Simone, it just didn't look right. And even. The photo, I I guess they might decide to use with the orange background. That one didn't even look. She didn't even look. I don't I don't know. It just didn't I can look tell right. She, I don't know. It doesn't look like she was feeling what they were doing. Exactly. Like, and and you know what? And you some, can just tell too. Sometimes you you have control over photo shoots, and sometimes you may not. And I wonder if she didn't have as much control as she would have liked to mm-hmm. for this. She photo might not have been able to have a say mm-hmm. in what they released. And so, and I mean, this has happened. Um, the people are saying this has happened a lot in Hollywood, where black women black men um the lighting of the photos or even videos that are taken of them aren't that great but as you know black twitter does they like to show you the proof that something so beautiful as her skin can be shown greatly um so a person on twitter decided to basically illustrate um morgan mccarthy's point and using a split screen photo of Simone Bio, uh, one of the photos that they took for the Vogue issue, um, along with a photo next to uh, Gabrielle Union that Zaya Way took of her mother, her her mother, her stepmother. I just call her mom. That's a mm-hmm. mom. Um, and it just shows that even a child can take a better photo with great lighting. With you know, even though they may and have, have doctored yeah. it up a little bit, you can still use enough they were out, out in the sunshine and there's photos of simone outside and it still looks very dark so yes. i mean you know it feels like maybe um annie didn't try at all maybe she maybe just she didn't know how to i don't know i, I don't know like, and I, I feel like if you're such a famous photographer you should know how to do different skin tones and different lighting I, and I feel like that's something that they teach you whenever you're taking a photography class or ha- however you got decided to get into this. And if that's something you need to learn, why would you put yourself in the position to be a part of a photo shoot of darker skin when you don't know what to do with it? And you, and what that makes me think of is tattoo artists. Yes. And how a lot of tattoo artists say that color can't be put on dark skin. And that's not true. You just have to know which colors make which colors pop out. Exactly. You got to be willing to learn. Exactly. And, you know, black and black tattoo artists, they've they've shown multiple times that black skin can hold color. It holds color beautifully. I know plenty of people with tattoos. Exactly. You don't have to be a pasty white girl, sorry to say, to have good tattoos with beautiful, bright colors. You can be a dark-skinned person and have those bright colors still pop because you know what? Bright colors still pop on black just as well they pop on white. Okay. Because, and, and you've seen, I mean, that's why, you know, when you use charcoal on something or even when you're using an all-black canvas, people use white and all the other bright colors to go on that dark canvas because it makes it pop so well. Yes. And I just feel like 
if you're going to use dark skin in a, a photo, just know what you're doing. Don't, and she, guys, she looks so, like, she looked ashy, she looked dark. It looked, I don't know, it didn't look professional. And if they're saying this Annie is a professional photographer, I feel like her photos should look good, and they just did not. And it's just like who approved like exactly like who approved these photos like how many people saw this and still let it go mm-hmm. and still let it go to and, yeah exactly and you know what I mean it's 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 come down to the point where if Vogue knew that she was doing this then why wasn't something done because they've shot plenty of black people and they've done beautifully but maybe they need to just figure out that Annie isn't the best photographer to work with when they're shooting a black person. And a lot of people are talking about, oh, why didn't they just use a black photographer? They don't necessarily need to use a black photographer to bring out black skin beautifully. Um, you can, I mean, there are plenty of white photographer, Asian photographers that can make black skin pop greatly. They just got to know what they're doing. Exactly. And unfortunately, I believe Annie did not. And I mean, guys, we'll share these photos. We'll definitely be trying to tag everything. We want you to see what we're talking about. I mean, we want you to also share your thoughts on what we're talking about as well. So don't be afraid to comment on their photos. Don't be afraid to... Don't be shy, y'all. Exactly. We want to know. Share with your friends. And, you know, and just... You can talk about these topics with other people as well as just, you know, if you want to keep it to yourself, you're not as... You're such an introvert that you can't do it. But, you know, Facebook is a thing. Instagram is a thing. Snapchat is a thing. Just share, share, share. Especially when something like this happens and we see that an injustice is done. Mm-hmm. Topic today, we're going to be talking about the idea of community wealth versus self-sustainability and kind of the two and two and how they maybe go in hand. Um, so as far as community wealth, basically what it is, This just means strengthening locally rooted and locally held businesses. So as a community, there are businesses that are funded by the community, that community. Yeah, essentially donations, um, either a person within the community owns that business and shopping, you know, local owned. Exactly. Shop small. Yes. Um, And, you know, and it's really something I wanted to pose this thought because I've seen some stuff on Facebook where people um, are wanting community help or wealth um, happen, especially where um, in a lot of impoverished or uh, lower communities, um, one of them being the black community. And I just really thought that, you know, whenever the black community helps out each other and we mean it from our hearts and we're only doing it because we know the community really needs it. But also, I also seen on Facebook as well, some people are thinking that we doing it everything myself is how everything should go and i don't i don't want people to think like that but you know have your own thoughts in your head i'm Mm -hmm. just here to to give you different talking points and viewpoints on it um and you know and it comes down to as well i don't mean to be more as political about this but self-sustainability is more of a republican view um and community help or wealth is more of a a democratic view or very liberal view and I feel like there should be something that marries us in the middle of that Mm -hmm. especially with this such a two-party system um and it's very uh, such a divisible thing uh for all communities black white Asian and especially in these times when um you know our president is very uh divisible about things that he says and um, things that are happening in different communities. It's, 
I really want to bring something like this to light and just to speak on and get everybody's thoughts and ideas about it. Yeah, so some of the key factors of community wealth or community building wealth, um, it just has to do with certain factors as far as if you wanted to make this a thing in your community or just talk about it. Things that are important about it are place, which just has to do with the location and multipliers which encourages institutions as far as hospitals, universities, to buy local. It's encouraging them to buy local and do so regularly and in large quantities to keep the wealth flowing. A couple of other things would be collaboration. This is just collaboration with everyone, everyone coming together, teaming up to build the community and make it stronger and be able to thrive just within itself. Couple of other things, inclusion goes in hand with collaboration, and then workforce, just about having different jobs to offer for the community within the jobs that are available, the jobs, the uh, shops. The local businesses might have, as well as um, just within the thought of, even if it's not employment just volunteering and having something to do within the community right and the last thing just being system just as far as the new normal it's as far as everything inside the community making it become an actual thing just the action it takes to get there and i really i feel like those those points are really good um especially the collaboration um and the multipliers So we really want our community to come together, um, even if it's just to have that conversation about what can we do um, and who can we reach out to to get this done. And then we have a lot of schools in our community. We have a lot of hospitals. We have um, a couple different uh, university colleges um, in our area. Um, Just any that that could take from a local a shop or even a local person be a one person that's running that shop or a bigger shop um that uses them regularly to see that okay well they're providing us with a key ingredient for us to be successful within what we're doing Mm -hmm. and i feel like that really would help the community wealth or wealth building um for that place definitely it's definitely something to consider And as far as the other side, self-sustainability, self-sufficiency, that just kind of has to do with being in the position to not require any aid, support, or an oftentimes interaction from anyone else. And self-sufficiency, it doesn't need to be as dramatic as it sounds. People will kind of think providing your own home as far as what they used to do back in the day, which is like finding their own food outside Mm. and it it doesn't have to do so much with that it's an ideal of it in the past but as far as modern day you can definitely still enjoy all those benefits and still be for yourself so some of the benefits of a self-sufficient system has to do with helping you achieve economic independence the ability to save money and even make money on your own And what it takes to be able to do this is just having the appropriate knowledge and planning. This is this will build your security. Just educate yourself if you if this is something that you would like to do or something that you have in mind. Um, And I really feel like for self-sufficiency, I feel like for it to work, for self-sustainability to work, I feel like it would first have to start with your community for anybody within that community to be able to sustain themselves. 
um, if if it comes down to um, a program that you took, so I know DMAC and um, Evelyn K. Davis Center, they offer a lot of trade um, classes. I mean, sometimes you do have to pay for them, sometimes there's a way around that payment, but they offer different trade classes for people to take to be able to become um, self-sufficient or self <laughs> I know, I know, girls. <laughs> so They're many S's. So, yes. <laughs> then, you know, to just be self-sufficient within that. And, and if that's something that started from the community for that person to branch out and become that self-sufficient person, I feel like community wealth would have to be the first movement point before we have to get to self-sufficiency. Definitely. If you can do it as a group, you can definitely do it on your own. Exactly. And especially when it comes to a place where a lot of people don't have a lot of options and the communities decide to provide those options for them. Yes, they need that assistance, that help, that push. Exactly. And that's where they become that self-sufficient person. And then eventually, hopefully that self-sufficient person will be able to go back into the community and help the community and it becomes just one whole circle yes. of community yes. helping the person person becoming self-sufficient self-sufficient person helping the community it's just a flow. just around yes. and around and around and that's what i really would feel like would be the ideal thought for such a self-sufficient system or even just a community slash self-sufficient system to work and um you know and then we did get a response from our bestie in the Westie. Hey. <laughs> okay. Um, her name Liza at Liza Fields. Um, she said, I think you can't have the first one without the second. If the community is really the goal, then priority needs to be the mentality of the individuals that make up the community. And she said, it's definitely a yin yang thing. So back to what I was saying about the circle going round and round and round. Yes. It, it has to be one person to help the community for the community to help another person. It can't just be one person. I mean, people can help other people, you know, individually how they want to. Mm -hmm. But I feel like for everyone to benefit and for everyone to fully realize whatever dream they might have, I, it feel, I feel like the community would have to be the first place to go, especially when it comes to our younger kids, especially when it comes to those in high school, because those people in high school, they're the ones that need the education for adulthood, the education for... Um, having knowing where to go when you don't have this or you don't have that or and that's something where that person can come back to our community and we help them and they become more self-sufficient and since the community helped them like that they come back to the community and give back what they have gotten from that community yes and by that you're strengthening and empowering the next generation and it just keeps continuing going and yes. going and going and going so i you know and it's I, maybe it's not like a versus thing it's more like uh what can we do here first to get to here first yes. and, you, and you know and maybe it is a versus thing where people think oh well only the community can do so much and only a person can do so much and it has to be one way or the other it just comes down to one's thoughts at that point what exactly. they think and believe and hopefully uh, you guys share what you think on this we really want to know um, we always like to have feedback from our listeners and our audience and just to see what you think on this. And we always can bring it up in another episode just to have more thoughts explained on it and just to see what other people feel on this topic. Yes, let us know. All right, guys. So that would be it for our second episode. 
um like always dm us any topics or questions that you feel like we should talk about on our next episode we do want our listeners to participate we are very listener forward here um follow us on our instagram and on our facebook brown skin news on instagram at brown.skin.news um, and also I wanted to put out a, um, local event that's happening tomorrow, July 8th at 1 PM. It's going to be at Evelyn K Davis park. And it's just a meeting to talk about, um, youth programs was one of the topics that I really wanted to bring to light. Um, but just any other things that we can do within the community for the children and even just to stop the violence and uplift the whole community as a whole. Yes, guys, the children are our future. Exactly. Let's empower them. Exactly. Alrighty, and then our quote for today comes from our man Denzel Washington. Mm. And he says, you never know how or when you'll have an impact or how important your example can be to someone else. Alrighty, well, thanks so much for tuning in, guys, and we hope to see you. Thank you.